Hey, John Richards, Cut Above Horror Review, episode number seven. Hope everybody's having a great Sunday. Yeah, we're talking about a movie. Uh, I don't think we're ever, ever going to do a movie like this again, but we did it. It's called Repo, a genetic opera. So uh, give it a listen. Find out what we thought about it. If you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast, go watch it, and then find out what we thought about it. Also, don't forget about all of our social medias. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. So, again, thank you so much for listening to A Cut Above Horror Review, Episode 7, Repo, a genetic opera. And it starts right about now. Oh, that's hot. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening, and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be reviewing the film Repo, a genetic opera from 2008. But before we get into that, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, Hail Hydraberg. What's, What's going on, guys? How's your What's weekend? Uh, pretty good. How about yours? Pretty good. I'm feeling a lot better than last week. Thanks for uh, yeah, we you missed know, you last week. Soldier, thank you. Thanks for soldiering on without me. And uh, sorry, I missed the super special guest Bob from Straight Chillin'. But that was a great episode, and I loved hearing him talk with you guys about the ritual. So that was pretty rad. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, next I'm up, a good weekend. Sorry. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? Uh, not much. Just went to the park today and watched some movies this weekend. Nothing crazy. Very cool. Other mo- you watched other movies besides Repo? Oh yeah, I watched Repo, and um, I watched uh, the Suicide Squad this weekend, which I liked. Yeah. Again, yeah, and I watched uh, a couple other things, like some shorts and stuff on YouTube. Nothing crazy. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Sounds good. That sounds like a perfect weekend, just chilling and watching movies. I yeah. wish I were you. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have John. What's up, John? How's it going? Um, a little tan. Uh, went to the beach today and a uh, little sun beaten today. Yeah, uh, you got did that you say, SoCal glow. I do. I do. Uh, you know, look at this tan. It's just happening for me it right now. It's pretty even. <laughs> <laughs> Hydroberg, did you say YouTube or you porn? Uh, I, I don't. We have to rewind the tape, I think, to check. <laughs> I remember. Don't, quote don't check his browser history, guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. As I scramble with my mouse to try and get to it real quick. Oh, by the way, your your breakfast this morning on uh, Facebook looked dope. That that, that, yeah. that was a that was a lot of freaking bacon, dude. It was. I I, I couldn't tell how much to make because it's like pre cooked. So I just made like two packages of it. I thought two pack. It looks like all oh, shrink wrap, you know, like real small. And I was like, kind of like, oh, that's a lot of bacon. Yeah, my heart's like <laughs> like in flutters right now just thinking about it. I mean, good Lord. So I had the watermelon with it. Cut it down you got to watch your saturated fats, man. Get the <laughs> exactly, fiber in right? there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to echo what you said, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for Bob from Straight Chilling Podcast for coming on last week. And uh, Jacqueline and I, uh, because Hydroberg is normally the first guy on with me because I'm hosting these Zoom uh, uh, discussions that we talk about. I want to thank Bob for coming on. Uh, Jacqueline and I discussed that. I, I gave the ritual a probably fairly poor score, but that's yes, not exactly did. 
not exactly the way I felt about it because I got to watch it again. What? And I, I, I feel a little bit better about it. I'm not going to change my score. I'm not doing that. But maybe I was just a little unfair to it. All right. You went pretty, you went pretty hard, man. I, like, I did. I, 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 I felt like I might have went a little high. Too, because I just enjoyed the the characters in that movie. But but Hydroberg, I mean, it was a great pick. Honestly, it, it was better than what I gave it. I watched it again. I had I got a lot more enjoyment out of that second watch. And uh, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to shit on your movie. Oh, it's all although, good, man. <laughs> all, although, although what we watched mm-hmm. this week. Oh, oh God, Jacqueline. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I did say her name a couple times while I watched this movie. I was like, damn it, Jack. <laughs> Were you guys cursing my name for an hour and a half? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, that's all right. No, that's I wasn't. Right. An hour and 37 no, minutes. No, 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 I wasn't. Uh, you liar. I am. Uh, <laughs> well, would you like to know why I chose this film? <clears throat> Certainly. I, 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 yes, I'd be very intrigued of why Jacqueline chose Repo. Repo! The Genetic Opera. That's a, yeah, that's don't forget our, the exclamation point. Yeah, yeah. I say, Repo! The Genetic the Opera. The Genetic Opera. <laughs> Please, well, en- enlighten us. I chose this film because I really like it. I recognize that it is not a perfect film, but there are things that I like very much about it. And uh, but at the same time, I had a feeling that you guys might not like it so much. And so I wasn't trying to be sadistic or anything, but I was admittedly trying to stir up some shit. So I thought it would make for a fun discussion to make you guys watch this and see what you think and do a little, have a little back and forth about it. So that's basically why I picked it. Absolutely. <laughs> that's nefarious to... to me, John. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but that, that's totally fair. Um... I appreciate your pick. I respect your opinion and I respect your picks. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say mean, about it. You right did, now, you did pick Zombievers, so I feel as though this is entirely it was a grand acceptable. <laughs> and you still gave it a five, Jacqueline. You still gave it a five. <laughs> yeah, and you gave I, uh, the ritual a four. No, I didn't. I, I gave it a six. No, John did. I oh. did. But I also, I prefaced everything by I saying know, I apologize and my score went up, but I will not change it on this podcast. You can whisper but it to me. <laughs> it's a six and a half. Oh, did you hear that? Okay. That's a nice bump. Yeah, there you go. So I, I watched no, it. Nobody else it. heard that. Nobody no, not at all. That. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right. I, well, I have zero news this weekend. So uh, should we jump in the uh, reach around plot? Yeah. Hyderberg, you have a reach around for us? All right, yeah, give me two seconds. I don't like to wait for my reach around Hyderberg. That's all it takes for me. I want it to be tantalizing. All right, you ready? (laughs) So ready. In a world of organ failure and faulty loans, there lives a family who wants the throne. Grave robbers search among the bones for chemicals inside the dead. This movie here, it hurt my head. So come along and join my dread. Sit down and listen to our thoughts on whether this film is hot or not. (laughs) <laughs> you know what it made him, that, that would have made it so much better if he sang it i was like, trying like i thought about it like it rhymes that's what you know that was my aim but i'm not saying it was good though i did that was really good it would have been funnier if you would have sang it just like 
this movie. I mean, I don't really have to hit the mark if I was going to sing. I mean, nobody did in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Hyderberg, I, I, I bow down to you. I think that you have missed your calling as like a Hallmark card writer <laughs> writing like, witty, like little photo. rhyming messages inside yeah. some greeting card, like humorous greeting cards. I Every week you continue to impress me and outdo yourself from the previous week. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think I think okay. what you could be is like a, a, a greeting card writer for somebody that's like that's getting ready to retire or something like that from a company that, that they, can, they can actually have <laughs> a greeting card of, of just like messing with this person and it would be perfect for them it's like hey you're retiring f you get out of the yeah. office or something like there's that. a watch yeah exactly yeah. right or like or like a card that you give somebody to break up with them instead <laughs> of actually like facing them just like give them the card and leave and it's like some little rhyming witty thing about why they suck yeah, I kind of, I kind of so. love that. Uh, here's your spoiler alert, uh, Jacqueline. Again, what year was this from? Was it 2008? 2008. Okay, Eight. we're talking about Repo, the genetic opera from 2008 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, you can find it on Tubi or Amazon Prime for free. Uh, Pause podcast. Go watch it. Then come back to the podcast to find out what we thought about it. Um, since our, our, our uh, she's back, Jacqueline. Initial thoughts of. Repo, the genetic opera. Well, my initial thought, well, okay. So I think that to be fair, a lot of my enjoyment of this movie comes from um, the time in which it was released. And it has like sort of a, a, like an emotional attachment to me, not like anything serious, but just that like, I was kind of like a little bit in that emo kind of mode at that time. And uh, that goth kind of like, hot topic aesthetic really appealed to me at that time that was like very much kind of how I had sort of constructed my identity in my younger days and so um it really struck a chord with me I really really enjoyed it um I love a musical in general I love a musical and I um I found the songs actually really catchy now when I say that I mean the actual songs and not like the sung dialogue in between Song, do you know what I mean? I like, do. I do. Yeah. Um, so I really like the songs. Uh, I, I realize that there are things about it that are not great. For example, the sung dialogue is not great. But um, I think that there's a lot of really great acting talent in this movie. I love Anthony Head as Nathan. I love Sarah Brightman as Blind Mag. Uh, I feel so so about some of the other characters. Oh, I love Bill Mosley. As, Paul um, Sorvino in this. Paul Sorvino, yeah, I like Hollywood royalty. He's like, an opera. How did this happen? Yeah, how did well. how did this happen? Um, so some of the acting performances were not so good, but we'll get into more detail with that later. But so I'll say that this movie has a special place in my heart, kind of similar to Rocky Horror, like a rock musical that you can kind of just bop along to. It's super campy. I love some campiness. <laughs> And um, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. John, what about you? Oh, I'm next, huh? Yeah. Um, never been a fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, not a big fan of musicals. I love the fact that Paul Sorvino was in it. Uh, Bill Mosley was fantastic. I, I I thought the guy that played uh, what was his name? The dad. Bobby. Oh, Roddy Sorvino. Paul Sorvino. No, no, no. Wait, that. which is Shiloh's dad? Yeah. That's oh. uh, Anthony Head. 
Okay, so that guy did a great job. I actually thought the gal that played Shiloh actually did really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I can't agree with you, Jacqueline, on the music. It just, to me, just sounded so... Butt rock? No, 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 not, not worse than that. Probably like a, a, a high school musical, maybe. Oh, like, right. like, like somebody playing a, a, a track in the background. And maybe it was the, the sound system I was listening on, but <clears throat> was not a fan of this movie initially. Okay. And, okay. and, and, and um, I, I'm sorry. I, again, I love you, Jacqueline. I appreciate you. And, you know, the, the picks that you've made have been fantastic, but there was nothing here that, that really made me feel just nostalgic about anything. And okay. again, I, and, and maybe it's just because you picked a musical. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Rocky Horror. And, and I wasn't a fan of this one either, to be honest. Okay. And I apologize. So, so again, it's nothing against you because I appreciate you more than anything. Just not a fan. <laughs> Dude, no need for apologies. As, as I said earlier, I specifically picked this to stir up some shit. So I was fully expecting, <laughs> I was fully expecting some hate, some hate on this. So you're not hurting my feelings. Okay. Hyderberg, what were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts. Um, I'm not a huge fan of musicals, but I do like some of them. Uh, uh, Rocky Horror. Um, I have to go back and watch that one again. I like. I love Little Shop of Horrors. If the music's good and catchy, I can get into it, right? But it's not my go-to. Gotcha. Um, I think this movie has some things going for it, and I'll talk more on those points when we review it. But um, like, it's got a cool aesthetic. It's got a cool uh, idea to the story. Like you said, the sung dialogue. I can. It takes me out of it. Yeah. There are some lyrics in there, though, that are good. But overall, you know, I don't know if I could recommend this to everybody. I mean, if you really want to watch a horror um, musical, then check it out. <laughs> but it's not necessarily my thing. But I get why you picked it. Um, Joan Jett's in it. So that's a plus. Yeah, she is. I knew she, when she came on screen, I was like, that's got to be Joan Jett. She was the most badass part of this movie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she's the most the badass part of pretty much anything she anything she's in. Like, any, any, anywhere she goes, she is instantly the and most Paris badass person in the room. Yeah, she is pretty hot. I mean, it was actually not the worst part of this movie, and and that's oh, surprising because you didn't see her until halfway the worst through part it. Was. You didn't see her until I watched it. all of it. I took several breaks. So did I. I was just like, "What am I watching?" Um, <laughs> God. Okay, so maybe I'm not as cultured as other people, but like musicals to me, and you're going to hate me for saying this, especially if you love Hamilton. I don't get it. I I, I, I don't. I, I can't. I can't separate myself from. Okay, telling me a plot or 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 showing me a plot or or giving whatever it is, rather than singing it. So I've never gotten that. So so I've never gotten into musicals in my entire life that of just sitting down and watching it. I'm just, I'm so checked out. When somebody starts singing, I'm like, that's not how I feel about life. My life is not, um, hey, I, I, uh, 
I got to go to the beach today, so I want to sing about it. I went to the beach today, and I got to go boogie boarding and got a suntan. All right. I'm, I'm invested already. That wasn't I'm bad. <laughs> Maybe I should write my own musical horror movie. I don't know. You know, it's going to be a Southern California and, you know. Yeah, it's like a Beach Boy vibe to it. Like, hey, hey, dude, all right. So we're going to sing about a song right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I don't think that makes you uncultured by any means. It just means it's not your thing. So like, That's I don't hold that against you. Um, <clears throat> and one thing that I will say, like, it, it doesn't hurt my heart that you don't like this movie. It hurt. It hurts my heart a little bit that you don't like Rocky Horror, but I'll, I'll let it slide. But one distinction, there are many distinctions between this movie and Rocky Horror. But one of the distinctions is that in this movie, I think almost every single word of dialogue in the whole thing is sung. There's there's pretty much no just straight out spoken dialogue. And in Rocky mm-hmm. Horror, you do have normal scenes where people are talking to each other like normal and they're just pun- it's punctuated by songs here I, and there. I, and I'm not this is I'm different. Not, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying people shouldn't appreciate that, but it's just for me personally, like 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 my own feeling about it is like when when somebody starts singing even though Meatloaf came through and he's got a scar in his head and he's driving through in a motorcycle, you know, Eddie or whatever his name was. He's like, oh, yeah. he's he's was that? What's that? He was in this? No, no, no. I, I, I'm, just talking, Horror, I, yeah. I'm referring oh, back to okay. Rocky Horror like, Picture Show. It's just, so. like, you know, he's just like driving his motorcycle and he's supposed to be, the, you know, the badass or whatever. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just takes me out of a movie because even as a kid, it's just like every time I would say, my mom loves Wizard of Oz. So, and and I'm not saying it's not a classic. I'm not saying it's not a classic, but for it's not a movie for me. I can't watch that movie. I'm just like, over. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Fine. No, I I can totally see your point. Like, you know, it is so far removed from real life because in real life, (laughs) nobody ever just spontaneously breaks out in song. And so I can see how that be like, it's weird that that's even a genre of movies or shows to begin with right like whose idea was that to have a narrative in which people sing plot development like that's I, it, a weird idea i get but, it but I, I and i appreciate it I, I i think that's what what the good thing about it is is that it was a different idea of this of taking you know these classic musicals and just kind of incorporating it into a horror movie because to me i love the gore i thought the gore was great yeah that's you know, one of my I, strong points too yeah i i thought it re- looked really good but while you're singing and you're stabbing some dude's neck like multiple times and it's just like, okay, I'm out, but I'm kind of in just watching what happens. I mean, if I, if I would have turned the volume off, I kind of, I'm sure I would have gotten the plot of the movie or the entire movie. Yeah. So I was going to ask you guys, how would you, how much differently would you have felt about this movie if it had not been a musical, if it was just like a straightforward campy horror film with this like goth futuristic apocalyptic aesthetic and the same storyline and everything i would have liked it a lot more i think um if it had like done did you ever see the midnight meat train yeah yes it kind of if it had a vibe like that or like a movie in that vein i think i could have got into it more i think i could have gotten into it more as a musical too if you said if there was more spoken dialogue and then some musical bits that were more fine-tuned and polished because mm-hmm, overall, mm-hmm. I did like the aesthetic. I love the opening title sequence. I love the comic book panels that yeah. they did. Vibrant neon, the artistry and the um, the gore that was added even into the artwork was really awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought I like the color palette. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt like a Sin City to me a little bit. Yeah. Just because it was very comic book, like you know the the way like Mm -hmm. separated the stories and stuff like that, and the way it all kind of came to uh, the 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 story of the way it came together. You know the the, your reach around or your time. (laughs) I mean, because it was kind of an an, it was kind of an anthology a little bit. Yeah, kept going back to seventeen years ago and showing different takes on what was really going on and adding more to the story as it did that more layers. I thought that that was really good. I mean, I, I thought the idea of it. I, I honestly, Jack and Jacqueline, I couldn't answer you if if they w- would have taken the music out and just made it a straight up just horror movie like that. Probably, maybe I I, I don't know. Uh, I did like the storyline. I, I like the idea yeah. of it of people re- getting their their uh, their uh, guts or whatever their 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 uh, repoed. Yeah, their organs getting repo because they could make payments on this. I mean, I think it's a great idea for a plot for any kind yeah. of even action movie. You know, I think they did that with a Jude Law movie or something like that, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. But it was, mm-hmm. it's the same idea, but it's called it, repo, man. that's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so the idea of the plot was, was fantastic. It was just, so something got lost for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I totally get that. I, I feel like, you know, as I think you guys have illustrated pretty clearly, this is not a movie for people who don't like musicals, period. True. Very and true. even if you do meet that threshold and you are somebody who really likes musicals, you are still going to have to have a certain tolerance for, A, the kind of movie this is, uh, the gore. I mean, I mean, I don't think it was like... I don't know. I don't know if I have a good perspective on this because, you know, people like us watch so many gory movies, but I don't think the gore is like terribly gratuitous, but, no, you know, but what do I know? There's some it's good gore fun. in there. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. I, it's absolutely fine. Fun. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, but here's the thing is, though, though, your narrator, you don't realize is the narrator until like the middle of the movie. So this guy was like about a, the grave robber. Yeah. The, the guy that looks like some dude from the Misfits or something whenever like he was on screen. He had the cringiest. I couldn't either. Yeah, I mean, cringiest but, songs and dialogue, to, in but, my but, opinion. Right. He you guys didn't like Zydra, You guys didn't like Zydrate Anatomy. <laughs> well, I mean, it was fun. No, I, I, like I felt like he was underdeveloped. That character, like he could have been a little bit. I don't know. But better. Did you, did you guys honestly think he was the narrator of the movie until the middle of the movie? Him. I mean, so I he, don't even remember the first time I saw this movie, so I can't tell you whether I realized A lot of times we were time getting, not, uh, what's his name's opinion? Uh, look, uh, Roddy. Yeah. Roddy, yeah. Yeah, he had a heavy influence on this story. Um, it might be a good time to tell you, a li- I, w- I don't know if I'd call this trivia, but a little bit about the origins of this movie. Um, can I sure. tell you a bit about that? So the guy who plays the grave robber, his mm-hmm. name, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his yeah, name, it's but tough. it's Terrence Zdunich. I guess. Um, so he plays the grave robber, but he also co-wrote the script. So he's I'm like, the, he and this guy named Darren Smith are the creators of this whole idea. Um, and it was directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, who directed um, Saw 2, 3, and 4, and Spiral. Okay. So you can kind of see some of that like Saw influence there. But so the way that this started, though, was not as a feature film. It started as a stage show, like a cabaret almost. Yeah, like in 2002, I want to say. 
And so it was like a stage show that was performed in New York and LA uh, with like a moderate degree of success. And so it went on for like, I don't know, maybe five years. And then Terrence and Darren Smith, the co-writers, they were like, oh, maybe this would be cool if we made a movie out of it. And so they made like a 10 minute short version, like a trailer almost as kind of like a, a pitch to um, Lionsgate who distributed it. And so then that's how they got studio money to make the, the feature film. And so it had already existed for like several years before it even was conceived of as a film. And so I think that might have some influence over the sort of campy quality to it. And also the music, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but that, that is the origin of the movie. And so Terrence Dunich, he's not just the actor who plays the grave robber. He is, he wrote like all the music and he has like a whole other kind of musical career going on um, after this. But uh, so he like, this is like half his brainchild. Yeah. I mean, the music's all right. Um, you know, it, I don't, you keep saying the word campy and I didn't get, I didn't get campiness from it. I just got like, like, like with, with these songs and, and the way they're, they're trying to develop the plot is so um, you know, obvious, I guess it was just like, God, it, it felt so forced. It, it wasn't, it, it went beyond campy. It went beyond that, that kind yeah. of like, you know, okay, let's have a little fun with this. It was just like, let's get into the next plot. Like Paul Sorvino being in this was fantastic or Bill Mosley, but man, those songs were just so bad. It was just like, like those actors were underutilized. Yeah. I was just like, because of the bad dialogue. This is what you're singing about. This is like, 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 okay. So you're giving us the plot line. I get that. I, you know, in the song, you got to give us the plot line, but I was just like, really? I mean, you could have done a little <laughs> but, more. With but I didn't, it. I didn't like, they would set up a scene with like those really cool comic book panels. Mm -hmm. They tell you some plot and set up something in this world. And then I feel like they would just show the same exact scene acted out right after with the bad dialogue and then sung. Yeah. And like you said, John, like they just, like Jacqueline, you said uh, a couple casts ago that you like, you prefer, um, what was it? Show, don't tell, right? And then this movie, I feel like, yeah. I know it's a musical, but I feel like they're telling you everything. Mm -hmm. And they could be using the stage a little, like the set pieces and stuff to tell more of their tale. They could be running around and acting out a little bit more. I felt like they kind of just stood there and delivered their lines a little bit. And that was the last 20% of the movie right there because yeah. they were on the stage, you know, and what's her name got her, she poked her own eyeballs out, but then she got, that scene was cut. pretty cool. That was a great yeah. scene because like, her she character rather, wasn't too bad. Like, like, like her yeah. voice. Her, and it seems to me that that actress could probably really sing. Cause it really seemed Wait. like there was a lot of focus. Do you know who her. she is? I don't know who she is. Is that no. Evernessen's okay. check? <laughs> no. So this is Sarah Brightman, who is a super, super, super famous Broadway and opera star. Okay. She was the she was the original lead in the original cast of Phantom of the Opera. She played oh, the wow. main the main girl in Phantom of the Opera. It's so she's like a legit she's a legit singer. Um, the, the way the way this movie was set up was like a Broadway play. It did not play out like 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 if you're if I'm not a musical fan, 
this played out like a Broadway play, not like a Hollywood movie. And I, I, maybe that's what they were going for, but but it just didn't bring me in. But to me, she was very intriguing. I loved her character. You know, the, the like that whole song, I actually listened to the whole time. I didn't like fast forward and be like, okay, I know what happens here. Um, I watched her. And I watched her tear out her own eyeballs and Paul Sorvino cutting that thing and just having her drop. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, like, like that was a great scene to me because yeah. I was so intrigued by her, you know, yeah. I mean, and maybe it was just, she was more convincing than everybody. Else. I don't know. I think uh, the best performances really that gripped me when they were on screen were with Shiloh and her father, you know, the doctor, Nathan, whatever. And the fact that he was the repo man or the main there were, repo guy. There, there were times for me. Yeah, and their music, yeah, and their musical pieces were actually some. They felt the most polished, actually. You know, when um, when he's in the cadaver and he's like puppeting the cadaver and he pulls everything out. That's pretty cool. When he's talking to yeah. her on the communicator and he thinks he, she's in her room, but she's really out and about, like, and he and she doesn't know he's you know he's uh, disemboweling some guy right now and taking his. It was cool how they they both had secrets from each other, and there was like a father daughter relationship. And yeah, I I, I thought the one that 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 one re- that really intrigued me is like when she she's in a room and she's like starting to become uh, independent, and you know they had this rock scene, which to me it took me out of it a little bit, but I, I stayed there. I was I was watching, and this is when Joan Jett pop, popped up, you know, playing the guitar, and mm-hmm. you know, just slapped her down, and it was just like whoa, okay, so it kind of like brought you down to reality. Yeah, so I think if we're getting into some of the themes and like what's going on with the characters in this movie and sort of leave behind like the music, which is just a totally subjective opinion, like you can't really, I mean, like all we can really say about it is I liked the music or I didn't. And I don't I don't know that we can really get anywhere with that. But um, <clears throat> if we want to get into like the characters and the relationships a little more, Hyderberg, like you said, I think one of the most interesting things about this movie is how both the father and the daughter are leading, they have secrets from each other and they're leading double lives. Yeah. And Shiloh is depending on her father to like protect her. And he, you know, he, his life's he's mission is to protect her. Yeah. He's, he's gone way off the deep end with it. Because of what happened um, to her mother. Right. Exactly. And then we find out at the end, of course, he's actually the, that's like a Munchausen's by proxy syndrome. Yeah. He's actually the one making her sick. She wasn't sick to begin with, but mm-hmm. he just was so obsessive about wanting to protect her from the world and, and keep, keep her, her with him. Right. That, he was deliberately like debilitating her. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, you know, so you think he's this benevolent person, but then at the same time, he has the most horrific alternate life where he's in this like dungeon, secret dungeon in his house, murdering people. And at first I would say there seems to be some ambivalence on his part about the morality of what he's doing. But I, for me, for me, as the movie goes on, I, I get a real sense that he like really enjoys it. And the struggle is it. really, yeah, he's good at it. The struggle is really like, Ooh, how can I come to terms with the fact that I really enjoy like totally disemboweling people while at the same time trying to be like a good person. It's, it's a total Jekyll and Hyde story. I mean, I mean, it's like, yeah, it, it, it kind of plays that story perfectly because it, you know, he is, He's really trying to take care of his daughter, but but the thing is, is that he's always the hide because he's like keeping his daughter sick to to keep her around that that she doesn't pass away. He has a like you said a a benevolent agenda, but he's being very malevolent in keeping her sick. 
you know, because right. his oh, wife yeah. died. And, and and he didn't kill his wife. No. But he thought he did. He believes so he's he did. Trying to do, yeah. he's, he's trying to do everything that he can to keep his daughter sick, sick to keep her around. So to she keep him, To keep her with him, yeah. Correct. I mean, he's trying to protect her, but he's also doing it the wrong way. He's not saying, hey, daughter, go out and enjoy the world. He's saying, no, you stay in bed because you're that sick because I'm making you sick. Exactly. And so to me, that's that's a big part of what this movie is about is like the dangers of overprotecting your child because you're not really protecting them. You're leaving them ill prepared for the world. Correct. You know, he's not like like you said, he's not saying go out into the world and enjoy and see what's out there. And here's how to do it safely. And here are lessons you need to learn about it. He's just trying to shield her from it altogether, which can never really succeed. And you could look at it hypothetically and say, well, if his wife was still alive, would he be the same? No, probably not. I mean, this oh, is I a, doubt it. You know, it's a it. it's a post-apocalyptic world and whatever. And, you know, his wife has died. So, you know, he, he did what he knew what or, or what he thought was right, which is not. But yeah, clearly not. Clearly not. But uh, no, I think if there had if if Marnie had not died, I think they would just be like a normal family. Like he would obviously not be a repo man. And I don't think he would have that same overprotectiveness over Shiloh <clears throat> for sure. Well, Roddy wouldn't have been able to get him in his pocket. True. Exactly. Because That's Marnie exactly didn't right. die. Yeah. True. Exactly. But he was yeah. the guy that was like banging his wife and that's the slip him. The There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, I know. Uh, way too I much. I don't actually. think it was an affair. I think. Well, wait, I think it was. It as an, I thought it was Marnie had been with Roddy and they First. were in love and she was going to marry him. But then she met Nathan and left Roddy for Nathan. That's I how I read so. it. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> I don't know. Either way, it was like a dog fight over this. But but there, there, then there were three kids: Bill Mosley, the guy with the weird face, and Paris Hilton. Pavi. Yeah, those Pavi? aren't Marnie's kids. Yeah, Pavi. Okay, but I, I'm just saying it's just like it was so. It was so congested with plot of of you know he's got these kids that are evil and you know he had this affair and then the, then there was uh, what's her name. Um, Freaking Mag. blind Mag. I feel like the um, person he had the kids with, it was loveless. It was like a loveless affair. I, I, I get that, but I mean, with there Barney, was just... There, loved her, there, so he felt like... Right, but there was so much crammed down your throat, you know, and, you know, because the plot just goes, you know, there was Barney, there was blind Mag. There, there's the three kids, you know. And what did you guys like, think of the, the Largos as a family unit? Like, I think they're really fun characters. I think they're so yeah. like fucked up and dysfunctional and they're such exaggerated characters that I think they're great fun. I love how they're always fighting with each other. And <laughs> the fact that the fact that somehow Roddy is totally disgusted by his children as if he has some kind of moral leg to stand on. Like, who are you to think they're disgusting? Like what, how are they any worse than you? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think it's I think they're hilarious actually, especially yeah. Bill Mosley. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta say I love Bill Mosley in everything I see him in. I I love that man. He's 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 so good. Um, I did text you guys. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give this uh, two stars less because Paris Hilton was in it. She's not in it for very long, and she's okay. I mean, yeah. she lip syncs just fine. She does her cues. Not how That's really her. That's really her singing. And, yeah. No, it's not. Uh, it her is. face falls off. That's really Paris Hilton singing, really? Yeah, I, that, I that. promise you, that is really Paris Hilton singing. Yes. 
That is her singing. And here's a little trivia she can't, fact. She can't, she can't even lip sync to it, though. If that's her. All right, it's go really ahead. Her. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I, here's a little trivia fact that I won't say for the end just because it's relevant here. But she was so passionate and engaged with this project that when they went over budget and had to shut down production, she raised the $50,000 they needed to restart production. Wow. Good for her. That's awesome. She's I'll like, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. When this movie came out, the main reason I avoided it was because she was in it. <laughs> and it's a musical, so it just wasn't really hitting on the, you know, I mean, it was like, of all the movies I want to watch, this was definitely not going to be the one. It was like, oh, Paris Hilton in a musical? No, you can keep going. Understandable. Keep going. Like, why would you? Why would you? <laughs> but I'm glad you made me watch it. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't think it was necessarily Paris Hilton that really, really made me avoid this movie. I think it was just because, um, it's called Repo, the genetic opera. So, so I saw it. And then like, like no, if you Repo, look at the box, you see the box, you see this, you know, squared cir circular kind of helmet with a eye thing going on. It looks just, cooler in the film than it does on the box. True. I agree. Very I agree. true. I, I agree with that hundred percent, but like looking at it, like if you're looking at a box and going, I'm going to take this or I'm going to take, um, Halloween 2. Uh, no, I'll take Halloween 2. Thanks. Oh, my God. Oh, John. Okay, that hurts a little bit. Hyderberg, uh, something I, I want to go back to that you said. I think I think you said it. Um, I agree that I think that the plot is congested. I think there's like a little bit too much going on and it, it takes away. I think it's trying to add complexity to the narrative but i think it just mm. sort of makes it convoluted to a degree like i'll say this as much as i love the character of blind mag i don't know why she's necessary to the plot like it just kind of feels like some random ornamental thing that's written in uh am i wrong is there some like crucial Maybe thing they, that i'm missing here but I, I don't think she really needs to be there for any reason they came up with her death first and then worked her into like the you know, some are like, I mean, yeah, it's a cool death, but that's not, yeah. I mean, so if you're writing backwards like that, then that's like not an organic plot point and yeah. is therefore like not really necessary. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that Jacqueline. Cause I, I agree with you 100% because it was a really cool death. It was a really cool part of the scene, but what is the point? Uh, um, you know, I guess she was the godmother of Shiloh. Yeah. But like, um, but what, yeah, there's what impact no, does that have on Shiloh? It has, I mean, it it has zero, zero <laughs> impact at the end of the movie. And you're absolutely right. Like, like to me, that that's like, it was like the 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 light bulb over my head. Like, what was the point of that? You know, because yeah. I think it was just like an was blind. plot point. Yeah, she was blind, and it's showing this guy's uh, wealth, so so he can get um, <clears throat> body parts to be able to make her see, which you know actually looked really great. I thought it yeah. looked really cool, like like the way her eyes were just kind of like almost robotic and like almost like a Doctor Strange looking thing. But it was just like she could see and she was like, I could see now. Um, and they could there, project like holographic images. Yeah, it, but there, there was really no point to her character. Carlo looked up to her. I don't know. Was she supposed to be like a harbinger or something maybe or something? No, the harbinger was our freaking narrator. That's that was yeah. our. I guess, yeah, 
I just don't, I don't think that her character propelled the plot forward in any meaningful way. Like, yes, she was giving her last performance and that's kind of why that particular evening was special when Shiloh was supposed to go meet Roddy at the opera. But like that could have easily been Amber Sweet or something. Like it did, I don't feel like it had to be a whole additional character and I don't feel like it added that much heart. I would have preferred like a flashback to a scene with Shiloh's mother, um, you know, or, or Shiloh like, uh, expressing some more feelings about her mother or something, but I, I just yeah, don't feel like Mag, as much as I like that character just in and of itself, I don't think it was necessary and I think it made things more convoluted. Yeah, what if her mom was actually in the opera at some point and then all of a sudden this guy became so enamored with her, that's why he decided to poison her or help her husband poison her to death. Wow. Holy yeah, shit. I mean, I just thought of, that more, I, I just changed this movie around. Get rid John of it. Now it's a ten. It's a ten. If John, if John would have came up with this, it's an eleven out of ten. An eleven and a half. Just take Paris Hilton out of it. I'm just kidding. No, she did a great job. Oh she did fine. She she There's did she did fine. Right? What was that? <laughs> oh, there were in this? There were one scene. Oh yeah, the, the lady. Dead ones. Dead ones. No, no, See, lady. he noticed that. No, she wasn't dead. So did I. So did I. <laughs> During one of the musical parts, she shows off her body, like what she got from organ transplants or whatever. Oh, okay, oh, okay. That's right. I, I, I did like the concept a lot, though, of this film, like the, the how how the disease wipes out like people's organs, and then this company, you know, just uses that to make money. I wasn't sure if this company was res responsible for the, the disease as well, you know, so that they could profit on it. They don't. I don't think they have a touch on that, do they? I didn't see it. They, I didn't, we don't know. We don't know. It, but that's an interesting like idea. Yeah, it seemed it seemed very post-apocalyptic. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, again, it felt like Blade Runner or, or, or Total Recall. It kind of or pans Running in Man. like Blade Runner yes. at the very beginning. Yeah, you yeah. see the city of the dead, like built. Yeah. Gene, Gene Co. Right. is like built right on top of everything. Yeah. yeah. Some of this stuff actually looked really cool. I mean, it, was, it, it felt. And I'm not a big sci-fi fan, but you know, I enjoy Blade Runner. I, I I like Total Recall and stuff like that. But I I that's kind of the vibe it gave me. But you know, the idea of this movie was so just it was so ripe for the picking, mm -hmm. but it just did not hit for me. No. I don't I don't know what it was. The so, idea of the Zydrate was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Sorry, you go ahead. What were you saying about Zydrate? I just thought that was a that was a cool aspect too of like this drug that people become addicted to because it aids them in their surgeries and then the grave robbers having the idea to you know extract it from the dead and sell it yeah black market yeah. The but but what was it exactly was it their soul i mean no, that's, it was more that's of the, the painkiller some kind of some kind of body. chemical chemical something or other yeah I don't but know. He, he would extract it from from dead bodies to give it right, to people yeah. that were living so i mean to mm -hmm. me it, yeah. it almost felt like that's their soul so you get a little bit of their soul so to like help you have no, more more life i guess metaphorically maybe but yeah well and that's the way it felt to me hydrate left over well, so what the grave diggers are what the grave robbers are doing they're making like a cheap street version of it as opposed mm -hmm. to like the polished like pharmaceutical version of it that um gene co is producing yeah. but um that was a really good point hb about like how the how gene co might be responsible for the the outbreak but they're like it's like they're positioning themselves as this um savior of mm -hmm. the people like we're here to we're here to save humanity we're gonna get we're gonna get you the surgeries that you need to get your 
organs and save your lives and all that. But really they're, they have no intention of like letting it, giving any grace on any like defaulting on payments. Like they're, they're in it for money, obviously. Like it's not a benevolent uh, act. It's, it's, it's a tactical act for profit. And so I think that's a great metaphor for like, not to get you know too into this but like our insurance company like our health insurance companies it's like you see the commercials on tv that's like Aetna insurance we help you get back to being you or whatever like corny slogan they have but really it's like (laughs) in my opinion they're all evil it's like they they are gene co like Aetna is gene co blue cross is gene co it's all gene co this is like that's what it is and you have the haves Um, and the have nuts and they prey on those yeah yeah exactly can I give a really big positive about this movie? Yeah. I mean, with this, with all sincerity, is um, Paris Hilton's face falls off. <laughs> so and I actually, pretty rad. I actually agree. With, I think that that is such a, a really cool, memorable moment, and it's it's so. I find it kind of disturbing. Like she seems all drugged out, and she's singing on the stage, and like trying to like hold the top of her face up as it's peeling off and she's like trying to hold on to it yeah i didn't think she was doing that i thought she was just wiping the sweat off her off her brow oh no you didn't see it peeling it's peeling no 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 i thought she was just wiping it off oh i get like she didn't realize it was falling okay yeah you know i'm just sweating because i'm so into this song and then her face just falls off either way that's so cool that just the moment it just like completely falls off on the floor like that to me it was like such a great moment and she's like oh no (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it but yeah so um i I get that it didn't land for you um i just certain aesthetics and certain types of films i think just don't hit for certain people and this kind of brings me to um, a point i wanted to bring up which is that um randy from the straight chillin podcast I don't know where or when, but I feel like I've heard him talk about this movie in very disparaging terms. Um, And I feel like I remember him describing it as like a movie designed to appeal to like pseudo goth mall rat, the hot topic shoppers who like fancy themselves like all deep and emo. Um, So I felt attacked. And uh, really, so first of all, He's probably right about that. I'm not convinced that he's right, but he he might be. Um, But even if we accept that he's right about that, I almost kind of feel like it doesn't matter in this case because because for me personally, it works. Like I, I think that especially because it existed before it existed in a form that predates the film. It existed as a stage show that was like a small, you know, production that only a certain number of people was going to see. And so I feel like because of that, it has real heart in it that that was put into it by Terrence Dunich and Darren Smith. Um, It wasn't like cobbled together by Lionsgate. It's not like studio executives, like uh, genetically, ha manufactured it to yeah. appeal to this audience I'm like oh how are we going to maximize dollars on this we're going to get the mall rats i feel like it was you know it was created it was crafted with more heart than that for people who would who they thought would genuinely enjoy it and so i think it works better than a lot of stuff that is specifically designed 
to maximize dollars without regard for quality and just kind of capture a certain like um, sort of like uh, impressionable, Eesh. impressionable, yeah, impressionable youth niche. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't think, I don't think this movie was trying to do that at all. I, I think what this movie was really, really trying to do was just kind of add to that, that kind of, uh, I don't know, just to, to, maybe to elevate a, uh, uh, um, you know, a, a horror musical or, or do something different. And we lost Heidelberg. I don't know where he went, but, but um, I feel that it really just added to that. I, 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 I don't know if it elevated like the, the a horror, a horror uh, um, musical thing, but I also feel that it really, did something well i mean i i mean i guess the plot line of the movie just it, it really worked for me it, it really just kind yeah. of made me feel like yeah this is uh this this is not just like it, like you said nothing niche it doesn't feel like i'm i'm appealing to somebody that goes to spencer's or abercrombie and fitch or whatever you know it doesn't feel like yeah. the emo crowd it feels like you know i'm just trying to elevate uh, a horror musical I appreciate their efforts. I'm just not a fan of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's cool. Like there's just like, it's not everybody is going to like everything. And that's, that's why there's so much stuff out there because there's supposed to be something for everyone. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the open-mindedness and I agree with you that I think the, the, the kernel of the story in itself is good. Yes, and I think, question. I think if, if I were going to like, if somebody said, what would be the, most efficient ways to make this a better movie i would say two things i would say lose the sung dialogue and just speak the dialogue and just have the main songs that are in there as songs but the rest of it be spoken uh because the just musically it doesn't hold up it feels awkward nothing rhymes there doesn't seem to be any melodic pattern to the dialogue it's kind of just like it sounds kind of like what would happen if you um <clears throat> If you tell somebody like, all right, for the whole day, you have to sing everything you say. And people just kind of make up a fake melody like uh, like you did earlier with your beach song. Right. <laughs> but, know, but that's the like... thing. That's that's the thing about about musicals for me. But we're looking at Hydraberg's uh, uh, ceiling fan right here. Now, Hydraberg, it's it's Jacqueline brought up like being kind of a niche thing or, or, or being like kind of emo. What do you feel about it? Are you there? Uh, can you hear me? We can hear you. We yep. can totally hear you. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm having uh, computer problems or whatever. Oh, you're good, man. We hear you. Oh, uh, yeah. This movie's. Hello? Uh -oh. I think we lost him again. Yeah. Anyway, so j I'll, I'll just go back to my other point. Like, I nix the sung dialogue. And then I think tighten up the plot a little bit. Um, I think I think the story meanders a little bit and is a little convoluted. I would say just you know stick to the story with Roddy's history and his motivations towards trying to like sort of uh, poach Shiloh from her dad and the story between Shiloh and her dad because I think there's a lot of heart there between the two of them, like some real father daughter complexities. Mm -hmm. so, so 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 should we rate this bad boy Hydraberg? um yeah. i don't know well this jacqueline you know what this is your movie <laughs> you should go first yeah absolutely <laughs> all right 
so like I said, this kind of hits a lot of buttons for me, a lot of positive buttons. Um, I used to, I, I used to be like a slightly gothy, you know, like hot topic sort of kid. I admit that. Um, <laughs> and so that, that aesthetic, just the, this, everything else aside, the aesthetic totally works for me. I want to live in that creepy, poorly lit house with Shiloh's weird, like mannequin heads with wigs on them and sing about dark shit to my dad and stab some bugs on a, on a little felt board. So um, <laughs> that works for me. I really like it. I love all the actor. Like, I think this is a great assemblage of acting talent. Paul Sorvino, Sarah Brightman, Anthony Head. I, I didn't even talk much about Anthony Head, but the way he's able to be so loving towards Shiloh and then turn on a dime and have this deep, scary voice as he's ripping somebody's guts out and singing, it's a thankless job. Like, that. I just loved it. I loved it. Um, uh, like I said, Bill Mosley, I actually think Paris Hilton does a good job with what she has. It's a good thing. Her role is small, but I think what she has, I think she does great with it, including having that one very memorable moment with faces falling off. Um, Bill Mosley is a god who can do no wrong. Uh, Alexa Vega, who plays Shiloh, was like, okay for me. Um, is that the girl from uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl or whatever? Is that who that was? I don't know because I'm not familiar with that, but she was the girl in Spy in the Spy Kids. That's movies. yeah, that's the same gal. Is that her? Yeah. That's her. Holy shit. All right, I that's didn't know her. that. Yeah, um, I had a stepdaughter so, yeah. when I was married, so I knew that movie. So I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> gotcha. I was wondering. I'm like, why do you know Spy Kids? But because no, I because I was married at one point. And I had a stepdaughter, and she <laughs> loved that freaking movie. Got it. Sorry, I, didn't um, mean to cut I you love off. this. That's okay. I love the songs. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. I skip the dialogue ones, but I listen to the song songs and uh, I always put those on Halloween playlists. It makes me feel kind of spooky and I dig it and I rock out and sing these songs like crazy in the car. Don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> I think there's some humor to it. I love Bill Mosley when he's singing and he's like, I will find a hole and fuck it. I mean, he's just so reprehensible and so over the top. I just, I, I just love him. Um, the coffee when, scene when, is like what is this dog piss <laughs> sorry yeah, just the coffee and doesn't he say like I will murder you or something yeah or something like that coffee. Um, I love the moment it made me laugh when Shiloh's on the phone with Nathan and neither of them is where they're supposed to be mm. and he's like where are you did you take your medicine and she's like oh yeah I took my medicine what's that noise and he's like uh, I'm with a patient and she goes will he live <laughs> and he's like it's looking grim as he's ripping his guts out. So yeah. I, I just, that made me laugh. I don't know. Maybe I'm sick, but um, I think I've really talked about my negatives here. I think this movie has heart to it. I think the relationship between Shiloh and Nathan is really um, rich. I think, uh, you know, she's also coping with this experience of realizing that uh, your parent is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think we all go through at a certain point in the growing up process. We all realize that our parents are fallible. They're human. They've made mistakes. Sometimes they do terrible things and she's shocked, but she still loves him. And when she dies, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's sad. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I kind of want to give this two ratings and then sort of come down in the middle. I'm going to say, if I were looking at this objectively in terms of like, what is the quality of this film and how good is this film? How well is it done? 
Um, it's, I'd say it's kind of middling. So I, I would say that's a 5.5, but if I'm saying just on an emotional level and an aesthetic level, how much does this film work for you? For me, I'm going to go high and say 8.5. So I'm going to, so I'm going to split the difference because that's not my rating. I'm going to split the difference and come in at a seven for repo repo, the genetic opera. Hydroberg. <laughs> you said it, you said it perfect, by the way. Thank repo. Hydroberg. What's your rating on this? Oh, wait, seven out of 10 detached faces is what we're oh, working with here. There we go. All right. Nice. Sorry. Oh, Hydroberg. Tell us. You guys, you guys hear me fine, right? Yeah, we yep. can. All right, cool. Um, yeah. I don't know that I'm going to be that favorable, but I did <laughs> enjoy okay. aspects of this movie. I really liked the concept. I thought that was pretty thought out. They did some pretty good world building with the, uh, the family at, in charge, the Largos. Um, I felt like they were a little underdeveloped. They could have been developed a little bit better. The, um, the drama in between the family could have been a little bit more interesting. Like there was definitely more to play with there. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think the actors were really good, but I feel like they were a little, I don't know, they, the dialogue just, I feel like he could have given Bill Mosley more to do. You know what I mean? Like he chewed the scenery for sure. But I don't know. I just felt like ultimately those characters were a little underutilized. Um, Dr. Nathan and his daughter, Shiloh, though, I did enjoy their relationship and yeah. the duality of, of both their relationships, especially the father with the secrets that he had and uh, the evil stuff that he did at night. Basically, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde aspect of him. his character is pretty cool. And you said, uh, like you said, the actor... Oh, was it Nathan Head? No, I mean, Anthony Head? Anthony, yeah. He was really good. And like I think that's why like his voice when he sang and stuff, he, he, I, I like, I felt like I was watching a musical the most when he was on screen. Like, a, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You know? Yeah. And the back and yeah. forth between him and his daughter when they were in scenes was really good. And like you said, you could really feel like the torture of that character. Like he was, there was a lot going on inside that character. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the gore a lot, especially for a musical. I thought that was pretty cool. Comic book storyboards really gripped me. I thought those were, they could have came across as cheesy. I really liked the way they were done. And I thought they um, they brought you, strung you along in the plot a little bit each time and caught you up on like backstory and stuff that was going on in a good way. Um, what else did I like? The aesthetics I really enjoyed and I could see the vision that they were going for, but ultimately like I still feel like they missed the mark somewhat mm -hmm. on the you know the final product so like when as far as negatives like you said um the dialogue is cringy sometimes like the musical in musical form it just doesn't sound that great the actual lyrics of some of the music is not so bad uh i did not enjoy the grave robber that much well regardless of what you know he had to do with the movie just didn't enjoy seeing him. he looked cool but um <laughs> The soundtrack, was, yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack was <laughs> was okay, serviceable. You know, it was like you know some butt rock, like rock tracks. Um, it, it worked enough, you know. Um, the movie I felt was it was a little too long. It just felt long, like an hour and thirty seven minutes to tell this story. I just don't think you needed that. To be, to be honest, it felt like it could have been a solid like Tales from the Crypt episode like that length, you know what I mean? In musical form, and I think that would have been fine. Uh, the lighting to me in this movie was really distracting. 
It was really bright yet washed out and it made everything shine in a weird way. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the cinematography kind of hurt the mood of the movie. Um, had it been better like contrast, I think, between the light and dark. And like John, you mentioned Sin City before. That's a movie that does that really well. Right. I thought that would have made the scenes in this pop a lot more because there was a lot of cool. I could tell like if you were on set, the scene probably looked cooler than it did through the lens. I feel like they, they took away from something when they filmed this movie. I don't know. They could have been tweaked a little bit. The CGI was not that great, obviously, because, you know, it's it's a budgeted movie. And I just feel like ultimately with more polished, this movie could have been more of a cult classic, in my opinion, like Rocky Horror or a little Shop of Horrors. Uh, but it drops the ball. And I wrote this. It feels a little mean, but I said this film should have been a, give, a free giveaway at Hot Topic in the early 2000s for buying uh, any three of the edgy and ironic t-shirts. So with that said, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 10 detached face. Okay. All <clears throat> right. That hurt a little bit, Hyderberg. Mainly because I, I would have been that kid scooping up the free DVD. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like a deal. You know, buy three, get a DVD. Sounds cool. <laughs> All right. Johnny, what's your uh, review, man? All right. Well, uh, since I gave... Uh, uh, the Ritual of Four last week, even though I kind of changed my score, but I'm not going to change the score because I don't do that. Um, there was some fun elements of this movie. Um, I agree with you both. I, I, I thought the uh, relationship between the daughter and the, the father was great. I thought poor Paul Sorvino was the worst character in this movie. He just oh. didn't fe he didn't feel as like like menacing because they get. They kept trying to make you feel uh, empathetic towards him because he has some sort of disease that he's dying from. Uh, Bill Mosley was fine. I thought that the other brother, whoever the fuck it was, like with the uh, face thing. Yeah. Oh, we see your face now there, Hydroberg. But like the, 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 the guy with the, the freaking, you know, that was dumb to me. I mean, because he was so whiny and it was just like, like he was unnecessary. You know, I agree with the Heidelberg. I, I, I thought our narrator, our, our middle guy, our grave robber guy was completely unnecessary because he was our narrator slash harbinger slash this slash that, you know, drug dealer, whatever it was, you know, I thought, I thought the drug that he was grabbing because it was like pretty much over by their brain or in their neck or whatever was their soul. Okay, so you can have somebody's soul and get high off of it and feel better about yourself for a little bit longer. Um, I, I don't, I think I've hit it enough where I'm not a big fan of musicals. I'm not a big fan. Of, <laughs> really? Like, like music about, music about, like the music giving us the plot. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry, Jacqueline. I know you like okay. Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, not a fan of it. I, I appreciate what it did and why it's a classic, but I'm just not a fan of it, but I will not go out and watch Hamilton. And that's going to piss a lot of people off too, because I don't want to see people sing about history. Fuck singing. I'm sorry. Just give me the <laughs> plot line. Okay. I mean, just, just tell me, just, just give me some drama. I think this movie would have been so much better as just like, uh, uh, like a freaking sin city. Because I yeah. love the, I love the comic book like like things you know of, of switching back and forth in between the storylines. City the way, meets Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and you see these camera shots of like going up this building, and there's a billboard of this talking about this, and you know the the big thing was 
the opera, the opera is coming. The opera is coming. You know what I really did love was the end of it. Not, not, mm. not, not the fact that the movie ended, but the, the way she says, I'm free. I'm free. She left. She got in the, uh, uh, um, the limo after her dad died and she was free. But then that asshole comes back on and says, well, somebody else owns the company. Okay. It's maybe me. And he holds up some drugs and then somebody else takes the drugs. And it's just like, that was so pointless of the movie. I mean, you could have ended it on that because actually that last scene was great. The opera part was great because you saw a lot of things happen. You saw Paris Hilton's face come off. You saw that gal pull her eyeballs out and they get stuck on a fence. You saw this yeah. whole drama between <laughs> the bad guy and the dad being tied yeah. up and then getting shot. And then like her having to deal with this and all that. I mean, that's where like a good majority of the movie happened for me. Like end on the climax is what you're saying. Exactly right. Yeah. But this guy's like, but I have the deed to this Gene Co. place and uh, I'm going to take over. Whatever. I mean, it was a, um, and Heidelberg actually said that he was going to leave the show if I gave a higher score <laughs> to this movie than um, um, The Ritual. <laughs> the Ritual. Which, by the way, well, you Heidelberg, called your shot last week. You're like, I'm giving it a three. Oh, by the way, I, I, I did not um, give the 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 ritual three, but I'm changing my score to um, six point five for the uh, ritual. So there you, you go. Are? Okay. I am oh. changing it. So. I thought you just said you were never going to change it. Spoiler. There you go. Oh my there's, god. There, there's, your, there's your twist ending right there. So I'm giving it a six point five. So, so so I I can't shit on this movie that much. I'm actually going to give. As much as I hate to say it, Repo, the genetic opera, a four. Repo. Point five. Whoa! Whoa. Same score as me, bro. <laughs> I'm giving it a four point five. Um, there were there were some things I enjoyed about it, and um, Jacqueline, I, I I I appreciate that you had me watch it, and I'm glad I watched it. I didn't enjoy it as much as other movies, but. Again, I appreciate the movie. I, I appreciate what it tried to do. Uh, wasn't a big fan of it. I wouldn't recommend it. Well, I would recommend it. I would recommend it to people that actually like musicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But nobody Fair else. Enough. Fair enough. You All got right. some good I trivia for this one? I do, actually. I have some interesting trivia points. Not too many, but I have some good ones. Um, I have to say, I'm I'm very pleased. This was not like the knockdown drag out fight I thought it was going to be, and uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that you guys went into it with an open mind. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by both of your scores. They're low, but I thought they were going to be lower, so I'll take it. Right. Uh, let me give some be critical, you know. Let me, but let me give you some trivia here. <clears throat> no, well, I think you guys made good points. You weren't just blindly saying this sucked. I hate it. Like you had reasons for it that oh, were I said that reasonable. while I watched it. <laughs> well that's okay while you're in the thick of and you know what now it is a thing that you have seen so you can just, <laughs> you can say that you've seen it at least right. um okay so my first trivia point actually kind of speaks to one of your complaints john about um the grave robber popping up again at the end when you feel like it should have just ended mm -hmm. all right hold on to your butts guys here's a fact the producers have stated that this film is really just the middle part of a planned trilogy. No! 
My fingers just went up my butt. That's terrible. All right. So continue. (laughs) The next chapter would be a prequel to the events shown in this film and is tentatively titled Repo, The Beginning. No time frame has been given for when production could start on the next movie. Yeah, that's I, I can I can <laughs> safely I think I can too. safely say that's not ever gonna happen. Um, financially, Was that this, years ago. <laughs> yeah, so financially, this movie totally bombed, and so there's no way that they will ever make any more rebos. I like I would bet my my entire savings account that there will never be a prequel or sequel to this. I just that's hot. let it be let it be on record. <laughs> that's hot. Uh, okay, what else That's do I hot. have here? Yeah, I, already, I already told you about Paris Hilton raising money. Um, so uh, Anthony Head, uh, Hyderberg, was it you who said that it felt most like a musical to you when Anthony yes. Head was singing? So he was chosen for this role because, um, I don't know if you know this, but he was one of the characters on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. Mm. And um, there was an epi- I, I, I never watched Buffy, but I know that there was an episode that was all musical called Once More with Feeling. Uh, apparently, it's like a really famous, iconic episode. I didn't see it because I didn't watch the show. Um, but Darren Bousman, the director, saw Anthony Head in that episode and was like, oh, he's really good. I want him to play Nathan. So, um, yeah, so that's why he was chosen. Uh, let's see. Originally, the director did not want Paris Hilton for the role of Amber Sweet, but after she auditioned, he was impressed, and so he gave her the role. You know, I give her credit for doing this movie because this is not, I feel like she could have probably gotten a movie that she was, this is a risky movie to be in. It seemed like she liked it. I agree with that. It's so far away from. Yeah, it's so far away from the persona that she had at that time. You know, like she was really like popular at that time for, yeah. I don't know, being famous, I guess. But um, I, I thought this of a is perfect, like a very yeah, I thought like, of a perfect movie we, we could put her in is uh, <laughs> that that um, remake of Waxwork or something like that. Maybe yeah, House of Wax or House of she Wax. She was yeah. not so bad. In she that was movie. in that. Yeah, I love her in that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not that's not hard. That's not hot. Um, those are probably the most interesting trivia points. I did want to add one of my own. Uh, talking about Rocky Horror, I know you guys aren't really fans of that, but um, I need to you go are back aware. and watch it. Oh, it's so good. But you guys are aware how they do like midnight screenings of the movie and they have what they call mm-hmm. shadow casts where yep. actors like act out what's going on the screen. Mm-hmm. So there is a small kind of subculture of um, Repo the Genetic Opera shadow casts. Uh-huh. So really? it does happen. Yeah, it's it's not obviously it's not nearly as big as Rocky Horror, but yeah. I've actually been to one and it was great fun. Um, you know, it's it's just it's not as iconic a movie as Rocky Horror, of course, but sure. it does kind of lend itself with the wild costumes and the crazy characters and the kind of sexy ish content. Um, it sort of lends yeah, itself to that. Yeah. Well, and well so let me then, ask. Let me ask you. I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't mean to cut you off. But let, let me ask you. Let, what was the most popular costume going to this? I didn't see people in the audience wearing costumes. They had actors, like oh, okay. so, people Uh-oh. dressed as like the the little like kind of office drones with the mini skirts and the face shields and machine guns. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah, yeah people yeah. like that. Um, and then they had somebody playing Roddy and somebody playing Shiloh and all that. So um, that was really fun. And people were kind of like shouting at the screen and just having a good time. And it was, it was really fun. So um, it, th- there's a sort of fraction of a live kind of midnight showing following that it, that it has. So 
that's that's just my own addition. But other than that, that's I'm out of trivia. Cool. I have one cool. little spot. Yeah. So Pavi's mask, the face sort of stapled on surgical staples. This movie mm-hmm. came out in 2008. Now I, you guys don't really read <clears throat> comics, but there was a Batman run in 2012 where the Joker has his face peeled off and then staples it back on, and he's called okay. the Faceless Joker. And it's a really, a really fantastic run called Death of the Family, and. I really was like, when I was watching this, I was like, holy shit. Like, I wonder, did that, is that where they got their influence for the, anim- for, you know, the drawings of the Joker, like that, the faceless Joker? Clearly, yeah. Repo, the genetic opera, has had wide-reaching cultural impacts across the I mean, world yeah, for I could see Scott Schneider, 13 years. <laughs> the main writer be- behind that run, like, maybe he's, maybe he was into that, or uh, Greg Capullo, the, the artist of that run, might have been. I don't know, but it was just, a, so. it's really, it's a really striking image of the Joker, if you've ever seen it. And like, I'd never seen anything really quite like that. And then when I saw this movie, I was like, wow, like it definitely it, looks. Is this movie fun. considered a cult classic? I, mean, I think so, for sure. Because okay. it, it, flopped, it flopped financially, but it has like a devoted following who, you know, kind of got into it when it was released on DVD yeah. at the time. And there there's, there's doing like what a, you said, Midnight Showings yeah. and stuff, then I consider yeah. that cult classic. Yeah, so, I would too. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, All right. anybody that does that, um, guys, I guess it's my pick next week. Maybe it is. What do you have for us? Have you decided on something? I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm really looking forward to your pick. I could do. We'll figure I, it out. I, I and we'll do, post it. On, we'll do. post on social media. Huh? Well, if what? you want to figure it out in the next couple of days, and we can just post it on social <clears> media. Well, if I do this one that I'm thinking about, we're gonna have a special guest. If I don't, we're gonna do a brand new movie called Candyman. Mm. Does that work for everybody? Is that going to be streaming? Because I can't get to a theater. Okay, I think so. If it's streaming, I'm all about it, man. All about it. We'll have to look into it. That's that's two. That's three. Candyman. That's four. You said it. I didn't. I didn't say it once. So I'm just going to say Jordan Peele five times, and maybe that'll help out. (laughs) <laughs> that'll bring that'll, that'll bring us all the fame and fortune. Bring me good luck or something. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. Us Jordan Peele Peel appears in our room and helps us write our screenplays. <laughs> Let me look that up. So I'm, 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 I'm either around. thinking I'm thinking one movie, and I'll give you a hint. It's from the 1980s. It was uh, it was actually a like uh, franchise, and I'll bring in a special guest for it. Or Ooh, if we have to do it stream- a holiday? No. Yeah. If it streams, uh, we will watch Candyman, the new one. All right. But All if right. not, we will have a special guest next week. It'll be a awesome. franchise movie, the very first franchise movie from the 1980s. I have a guess. But I'll, I'll, guess. I'll, I'll keep no, it come to on. myself. I, I want to know. I want to know. Come on. I'm guessing Andy Hellraiser. Good. Nope. Okay. No. Okay. Are you guessing the the the, the guest? There, no, I don't, I don't have a. I, I said Andy Gilly. I would love to talk to Andy. That'd be cool. I've never spoken to him before. All right, so God damn it, I'm gonna give it away. It's either gonna be Phantasm <gasps> with Andy yes! Gilly, the box or set. We're, we're gonna talk about Candyman. Okay. No, Phantasm. I want Phantasm. You guys vote for Phantasm with Andy? I'll be very happy with either one, but I mean, we should do both, obviously. Boy. Let's vote. Raise your hand if you want to talk about Phantasm. You guys seeing it live right now. 
I, right, I kind of want to talk about both, three. but if Jacqueline I, can't get yeah. to the theater. All right, so I, I'll make the pick. So we, we voted right. for both. Okay. All right, guys. That was a fantastic show. Everybody, we'll talk to you all next week. Keep it creepy.